we are recording with Miss Claire Lopez and Mr. Michael Yon, who I was just telling. I've been trying to get on since 2020, and uh, of all people, uh, Claire happens to know him, and I've been having Claire on for three years, so apparently I was not exhausting all of my options, and uh, Claire casually dropped that she was on the phone with him, and I was like, wait, what? And uh, so I put this together. You are uh, you are one of the more requested guests and have been for three years. And uh, maybe I will look a little more competent now that I have you on here. But for everybody listening, today is Tuesday, June 20th, 2023 at 2 of 4 p.m. Eastern time. The last episode Claire and I did, which was last week, we were talking about uh, Chinese Communist Party Special Forces at the southern border. And um, Mr. Yan uh, has been tracking that. And you sent me a video about kind of how the U.S. government is, is funding the building of these facilities that uh that chicom fighting age males are using and not only is it a coincidence it kind of seems that we are turning a blind eye and um because we have you for a limited time i'm gonna kind of defer to you mr yon could you please um kind of give everyone your latest update on what is happening at the southern border i can Actually, I just landed in Asia. I uh, won't say where yet until I get settled in here, but I, and then I'll be back right back on the so- southern border in Darien Gap again soon. Uh, but the um, it's all related, all these things that I'm doing in different parts of the world. It's all part of the same organism, let's say. Um, but down, um, wow, the, as, as far as U.S. involvement in helping uh, Chinese get into the United States, it's not just turning a blind eye. It's at the bare minimum, it's like over-the-top willful negligence. That's a bare minimum. But actually, they're well aware that the U.S. government is well aware that the Chinese are using the facilities that are being used by American, uh, built by American taxpayer money. For instance, down in Darien Gap at San Vicente Camp and Las Blancas Camp and at Bajo Chiquito and Canamimbrio. I'm at all these places all the time. I go there all the time, right? It's been months at a time down there. I just left Darien Gap again. And, and the bottom line is the Chinese uh, intelligence agents and others are flowing through at a rate of at least 200 per day. And then in total, about 2,000 people per day, including other groups like Venezuelans. Uh, many of the Venezuelans, by the way, will actually be Iranians, believe it or not, that, who actually live in Venezuela and speak fluent uh, Spanish, and you can't tell them apart. So anyway, that's, it's very interesting because many of them grew up there and and that's a separate story, but it's related. But the bottom line is is um, <clears throat> about 200 Chinese per day are coming through the Darien Gap. However, there are a lot more that are landing in Cancun and Mexico City who are bypassing that, right? So they go up and, and take different routes, for instance, coming through Canada or just landing in airports like LAX or New York or, or, or down in Miami. They're coming through on actual student visas and that sort of thing. And then we've got others that are coming up through Bahamas. Uh, so there's many different routes that they take. But again, about 200 per day coming through the Darien Gap. And some of these are clear operators insofar as their military and or intelligence. For instance, one that we found uh, about 10 weeks ago now named Lushan Zhao. He, um, I talked with him for about 90 minutes. He had just come through the Darien Gap. He was very tired. He was itching. It was at nighttime. And he talked more than he should have probably. He talked about flying to uh, Bahamas and buying a boat for $5,000 from a Scotsman. And he was, uh, Lushan Zhao was then trying to get to Florida, ran out of fuel. He said the U.S. Coast Guard picked him up. By the way, his English was absolutely fluent. 
there's a chance he'll actually see our interview. I know he sees some of my inter- my interviews because he he messages me sometimes, and so he he actually uh, came through and he said that he ran out of fuel, right? And uh, and he said the U.S. Coast Guard picked him up and sent him back to the Bahamas. Right now, this was confirmed. U.S. Coast Guard did pick him up on March 8th, so that actually did happen. Right, that's confirmed. And so, uh, and then now that he was back in the Bahamas, the Bahamas were uh, deporting him back to China, but they sent him through Cuba. This is what Lushan Zhao said, right? And Lushan Zhao then, uh, keep in mind, the Chinese have military forces in Cuba now and intelligence. They're putting up uh, more uh, facilities for uh, eavesdropping. That Why would they need Cuba for that? When they've got people all over the United States, but of course they want to monitor those waters down there as well, right? There's there are things to monitor down there, but they have people all. They bought property next to our military bases in the United States, next to the border, you know. So I mean, it's not like they're not everywhere already, right? And so, uh, bottom line is, uh, Lushan Zhao. Then he was being deported from Bahamas back to CCP, back to China, according to him, and he he stopped over in Cuba, changed his flight to Quito, right? Uh, Ecuador, which is where many of the Chinese come through, who then proceed through the Darien Gap, right? So that was when, so he, he said that he went to Quito, he took a bus ride, which actually, that's how they do it. They take a two-day bus ride after Quito, they go to a place called Nicocli in Colombia. I've been to Nicocli. From Nicocli, they get on a boat, and they go to a place called Capargana, Colombia, which I've done. I've taken that boat, and then they enter the Darien Gap. And I intercepted him when he emerged from the Darien Gap on the Panama side. And then he told this story, right? And so uh, bottom line is his story has checked out. Uh, he, he, his English is absolutely fluent. He would understand everything that we're saying. Uh, in fact, he has what is often called the official accent. The official accent is one that people learn when they go to a language school at Luyang in China, right? That's where they send like their MSS, Ministry of State Security, and their GS of the PLA, which is the general staff of the People's Liberation Army. I went to a language school for the U.S. military, but it was just Defense Language Institute. You're not learning how to be a spy. You're just learning the language, right? But at some of these language schools, you learn much more in-depth. And, and these language schools are nothing new. They've been around since forever, since before our grandparents were born, right? In the United States and whatnot, when we were training spies to go into Germany or Germans were training spies to come in here. here. Here's a thing about learning a foreign language. If you're learning a foreign language that is very different from your base language, your, 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 your native tongue, if it's say you're learning, let's say your native tongue is Mandarin and you want to learn German or Italian or English, it's going to be very difficult to learn that language without an accent because those languages are so different. And so it, you're going to have to learn that language, almost everybody to learn a language without an accent has to learn that language before puberty, right? Okay. If you learn it after puberty, very difficult to shed that. And uh, and also, it'll tend to come out, you'll, little parts of your old your base language will come out when you're under stress, when you're tired, when you're hungry, or when you're angry, or when you see a snake, or, you know, or that sort of thing. And actually, that's one way sometimes I can tell people actually uh, understand English. You know, I'll talk with the Chinese, and I'll just be like, hey, do you speak English? You know, they don't, you know, they'll say, no, 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 no. I'll say, there's a snake by your foot, right? If they look down, then, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't look at their foot and say, there's a snake by your foot. But if people are tired or, uh, you know, I'll say things like, be very careful, be very slow. There's a snake by your foot, right? 
and don't look, you know, and, and that sort of stuff. You'll, you'll, it, there's different ways to test people. If they're tired, uh, if something scares them, if they get drunk, little things will pop out. But his, his, his accent was very good. Now, uh, some people who've listened to the audio say he doesn't have any accent at all. And I'm like, he's, got, he's clearly got an accent, right? Uh, but to me, but it's very good. And and he his body language is very good. He knows when to throw in yo, man. He knows when to you know to he's you know because when you go to these these sort of spy language schools like Luyang China, you'll he'll he'll probably have like an American or an Australian or a Canadian or something girlfriend assigned to him. I mean, we're talking about complete school here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so that you really, you know, you're watching professional wrestling, you're watching football and baseball, you're watching, you, you, you know, a lot of stuff. So in other words, he could have, now, if I just met him, let's say he just came up from a boat, let's say he didn't run out of fuel and he made it to Florida and he got up on the beach and he's, you know, uh, two blocks away from the sea. Now he could fool me. And I can think that he's been in the United States for years because I, I could tell he's got an accent, very slight. But it's there. So that tells me he learned it after puberty. Right. Uh, but it doesn't. But he could definitely fool me that he's been there for 20 years. Uh, but he but there was things about him that like his body language wasn't exactly perfect. You know, it wasn't. Uh, but it was good. It was good enough to fool most people. It wouldn't have fooled me. I would have known something's wrong. I wouldn't know what it is. But the bottom line is we checked him out. We checked out a lot about him. He's clearly an operative. Right. And um, and he. Occasionally, he'll send me a message, you know, and uh, and uh, it's quite interesting. He, I don't know if he's in the United States, uh, if he's crossed because Chinese can get in without without detection easily. Now, many of them will cross the, what they call the Yuma Gap down at Yuma, which I've spent a lot of time down there. It's just the end of the end of the wall. You know, they'll they'll walk around the edge of the wall and and walk in, and the Chinese walk in there all the time. But if you're somebody that works for the for the MSS, which is like their CIA, Ministry of State Security, or if you're with the, you know, the GS, the general staff or the PLA, you're probably going to go through one of the remote places. You're going to get up, you're going to get through without getting caught, which is super easy to do. I've been across the U.S. border all the way from Boca Chica, which is where SpaceX is. That's one end at Texas. By the, it's the, at the end of the Rio Grande. I've been to all the way to San Diego. I've been across the entire border, right? I know the border fairly well, and most of it you can easily cross either without detection or at least they won't be able to physically – they might see you on a camera, but you'll be long gone before anybody can react, right? And, and, and there's many places you can just get in, right? They won't even pick you up at all. Uh, so you know, the bottom line is a lot of people just fly in or they've been in forever, student visas that they overstayed or – you know, now they're scientists working for the NSA or something with top secret or even higher clearances, right? We've got Chinese throughout the United States and throughout the world who have their own police stations, as you know, like in New York, a few got arrested recently. Uh, but those are, that's, that, yeah, yeah, that, that's called PS, that's public security. There's three main Chinese groups we have to be concerned about. Public security, that's like their FBI. These are the ones opening the police stations around the world, like in in Dublin, I've been to that one with Masako Ganaha. We went there together, Japanese journalists. We went to another one in London, right? So they have these police stations everywhere. That's the public security. That's like their FBI. These stations are in the United States. They are in Australia. They're in Japan. And these countries just let them be there, collecting intelligence, using coercion against their own uh, people, 
uh, enforcers, and they can kidnap you. They've done this in Thailand. They were open about it. They kidnapped people in Thailand or Hong Kongers that they kidnapped and brought them back to China. And China admitted to this. This is not hidden nor conspiratorial. It was right out in the open. They kidnapped some uh, bookstore owners. Anyway, I've been to their bookstore in Hong Kong. It's closed now. Uh, and so bottom line is public security. That's like their FBI. That's one. The next is MSS. That's the Ministry of State Security. That's like their CIA, right? And then the next one is the general staff of the People's Liberation Army, which is probably what Lu Xiao Zhao is involved in. I do not know. But he's clearly one of those operatives. He's clearly been specially trained. By the way, and this is something you can look up. I've I'm, I've got some some skills in spotting these sorts of people. In 60 Minutes, maybe six years ago or eight years ago, there was a, a North Korean uh, defector, and there's a book about him called Escape from Camp 14 or Escape from Camp 21 or whatever. But he was on 60 Minutes, right? And um, oh, I've forgotten his name, but he was on for one of those 15-minute or 30-minute segments. And this is a guy who had been going around the world giving speeches. There had been a best-selling book written about him by a famous uh, uh, journalist who worked for New York Times and, and all these other things. He had all these accolades. And uh, and everybody was you know bestowing honors on this guy, Escape from – I think it was Escape from Camp 14. Anyway, it's Escape from Camp something. And I watched this guy, and as soon as the episode was over, I put on Facebook, and you can find this, like – minutes after it was over, I went in there. I said, I'm going to tell you why he's fake, right? And the reason I'm doing this, taking a chance with defamation is because I want to show you I'm good at this, right? And so, and I listed the reasons why he was fake. His body language didn't match. He knew how to read a map. They never know how to read a map. He knew his birthday. They never know their birthday. Never know their birthday. They never know how to read a map. Ever. <laughs> I've never met somebody like that. that can, and their body language is never like that. There was many other, he had many telltale. So I published this. And about two years later or so, two and a half years later, he was caught and he admitted to it. So what I'm saying is, if you, I've spent more than half of my life in other countries. I'm in another country right now. I'm in Asia right now, right? I'm almost all, I'm almost always the Zeno in xenophobia, right? I sometimes will go for a month without seeing a white person. You know what I'm saying? This is what I do. I, I know the difference between a turtle and an alligator, right? I grew up catching turtles and alligators. And now when I see these people coming through Darien Gap, it's difficult for them to bullshit me, yeah. right? It's very difficult. Uh, I, I've almost got x-ray vision for these people because this is what I do. And and this guy was very good, but he was tired. And one of the ways, if you want to do this, we were waiting in the dark, right where they come out of the jungle, where they're tired at night. People tend to talk when they're at nighttime. They will talk when they're tired, right? Some, unless they're too tired to talk, right? And they're in that emotional state. Often he was angry to begin with, which was perfect. If you can calm an angry person down, they'll tend to talk. Right. Mm. And so it, it's that emotional state. If you can just guide that into him. And he talked to Lushan Zhao talked a, a lot. He talked too much. And so what I'm saying is, is there are a lot of people like this coming through. Sometimes I feel like I'm at Fort Bragg or somewhere like that. You know, when you're at Darien Gap, you see the, they come through in groups of five, 10, 20. The Chinese don't come through as one and twos. Right. Other, other people come through as family units and that sort of thing. The Chinese are coming through often of what clearly appears to be some sort of such as a military unit, the way they behave towards each other, 
the way that they uh, behave towards other people, the, their their mannerisms, the way that their uh, their 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 clothing. Uh, for instance, they always come out of the Darien Gap with clean clothing. Why do they do this? How can you even possibly do this? Because they know they bring one bag of clothing in a plastic bag, and all those. By the way, they take a much easier route through the Darien Gap. They pay a lot more money, and they pay a very easy route that takes two days. It's very safe. Nobody, to my knowledge, ever gets raped or killed on that particular route that the Chinese take. Uh, they'll have in Kuna Indians will guide them to another Indian reservation, which is a Wunan uh, Imbra. I'm, I'm, I spend a lot of time in both these reserva reservations. Down in, they call them Comarcas down there, which is like an Indian uh, reservation, our version of that, right? And so... So they'll start at the Kuna Indian reservations. They pay them a lot of money, so the Kuna don't mess with them. In fact, they'll help them with their horses and that sort of thing, carry their gear. And then they get them over a few mountains, and then the uh, uh, well, actually one large group, and then some small hills. And then the the Imbra Indians pick them up, or don't pick them up, but they you know uh, guide them through to a village called Canamembrio. I've been out to that village many times, and that's where most of the Chinese come through. Right? Some go to another village called Bajo Chiquito which I go to that village many times as well. But most of the Chinese go that easier route, and then they, they stay there very briefly, and then they go to that very nice camp that I've published that went viral several times, San Vicente Camp, built by American money, right? Built by American money. Alexander uh, Mayorkas, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, has been there twice. I've been there twice when he went there. He went there in 2022. I waited for about four days. Next, when I heard he was going to Panama, I got a tip. Uh, I was actually in Panama. I was about to fly to Arizona with some congressmen to take him to the border. Uh, and, and so I boarded the mission to Arizona and I just waited in Panama. I predicted where I thought uh, Mayorkas may go in Darien. I went down there and I waited for about four days. And sure enough, four Blackhawks landed right in front of me, got out, and he went to San Vicente camp, launched the drone, and had video when he was inside the camp. He has more than doubled the size of that camp. Uh, since April of 2022, that camp is now considerably larger. I uh, had a, vi a video uh, uh, footage from it uh, from about two weeks, what's the date today, about two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago when I was down there last, and you can see how much it's grown. Not only are the camps bigger now, the throughput is much smoother, so the assembly line is very fast. So it's not just the size of the pipe, it's how smooth the pipe is and how much pressure you put through it. So now the first quarter of 2023, about 170,000 people have come through the Darien Gap, 170,000. That's five-fold increase from 2022 when just went there and expanded the camps. Now, this is important. The things I'm going to tell you are important here, so people should be taking notes if they want to really follow and, and check out what I'm saying. That's a five-fold increase to 170,000 in the first quarter of this year. That's only a small fraction of what's actually coming across our border every day, which is at least 10,000 per day. We can defend that. That's at least 10,000 a day that are coming across. But many of the people coming through the Darien Gap actually are that or many of the groups that used to go through Darien Gap actually don't go through the Darien Gap anymore. They'll fly straight to Cancun or they'll fly straight to Mexico City. Right. So they bypass it. So they're not included in that 170,000. Right. So you've got different flows. There's many different flows. There's people that come through. Uh, we know that uh, Chinese uh, get into Mexico through many different routes, and then they start crossing all over the place. 
cross at Yuma or they cross in Texas, New Mexico, everywhere. I mean, we see them everywhere. That's not, of course, Chinese aren't the only ones. We've got different ecosystems coming in. We've got Hezbollah coming in. A lot of those guys are down, for instance, in Venezuela. And again, they can, as as Claire knows, many of them speak Spanish fluently, and uh, and, and she can talk about that in detail. And um, and and then there's other groups uh, such as uh, Cubans, of course. We've got many different ecosystems of people. Some, for instance, Venezuela has collapsed. And, and um, we know that Venezuela is not going to uncollapse anytime soon. It's basically gone with the wind for now. And now it's taking Colombia with it. So we have a lot of Colombians coming through. Like a couple of years ago, I didn't see many. You would see some Colombians coming through the Darien Gap. But they were, I don't know, let's, for argument's sake, let's say 2%, right? And now it's some much larger percent, let's say 10 or 15%. I, I don't know what the percentage is, and it changes <clears throat> constantly anyway. But mostly it's Venezuelans, actually, which is destabilizing Panama. For instance, the last time I spoke in detail with members of the Panamanian government, I was told that 11% of the people in Panama are now Venezuelans. And with the economy going uh, badly in Panama, and global economies, it's actually causing problems in Panama, it's destabilizing Panama. Now, we have all kinds of things going on in Central America. There's villages in Guatemala that have basically emptied out because the Guatemalans are in the United States, right? Meanwhile, we've got people replacing them, right? We've also got, you know, uh, President uh, Bukele down in, uh, in El Salvador. Of course, he's done well in locking up huge numbers of MS-13, built special prisons for it. I asked some friends, where did all that money come from for those big prisons? Well, that's an interesting question. He's got close relationships with Erdogan and others. There's other things going on. There's more things going on here than just the Chinese or just the Venezuelans. There's a lot of this is a multiplayer game. It's a it's like, you know, it's like nobody runs the jungle, so to speak. The jungle is the jungle. We've got Venezuelans, we've got Cubans, we've got Hezbollah, we've got uh, we've got, uh, of course, uh, CCP and then other Chinese that are probably just escaping. Uh, but how are they getting out if they're just escaping? General Spalding asked me this yesterday, you know, how are they getting their passports? And we see that the that the uh, Chinese uh, consulate in Los Angeles about maybe 10 days ago or so uh, put out a notice that these Chinese who are losing their passports somehow can go to the consulate in Los Angeles and get issued new passports. Well, that's interesting. And because when I see Chinese coming across at Yuma, which I've spent a lot of time watching them come across, they go straight to the border patrol and the border patrol says, what's your name? They don't have any, they don't even ask for their IDs anymore. They just say, <laughs> what's your name? The border patrol doesn't even ask for their passports. I've seen them do it. I've got video. So they're sitting there. They're coming, the Chinese are coming across the border at Yuma, at the edge, edge of the wall. They call it the Yuma Gap. Some people call it the Yuma Gap. And, and the border patrol is just like, you know, your name, your birthday. It's a, they, they could say Bruce Lee. You know, I was born, born on December 1st, 1990. Nobody would know, right? Uh, because they're, they're not even checking. But the Chinese do that ditch their, their, um, their passports and whatnot before they come in. Interestingly, I've got bags of passports and whatnot that people threw away on the other side. They just throw them out as trash. They're on the ground, right? Uh, but you never find a Chinese. I've never found one. Uh, they they are wise enough to do something like burn them or something. But, but others, you know, Venezuelans and Cubans, you know, just you know, they litter on the ground out there, just like they litter in their own countries, right? Not the Chinese. They they take care of document security. 
Why are they so good with their document security, right? You know, uh, interesting. But the, the, you know, DocSec, let's call it, document security, they're very good with it. But then now they can come into the United States under any name they wish to, under any birthday they wish to come in, and then go to the consulate in Los Angeles and get a new passport with whatever name, right? This is amazing. And our government knows this. This is in the open. This is on the Chinese consulate's website that you can go get a new passport. I have told everybody under the sun in our government what's happening in Darien Gap. They know it. They definitely 100% know it. And yet they're still funding it. Our government is doing this. Our government is openly, willfully, knowingly aiding and abetting the invasion of the United States by many different groups, including Hezbollah, including... Uh, the Chinese Communist Party, including North Koreans, including just people, any, every and all enemies who want to come, you're clear to go. Now, occasionally they'll say, hey, we caught these terrorists down there. This is just eye candy that they're doing something. They're not doing anything. Any terrorist that's got an IQ of more than, say, 95 will easily get across our border without detection. This is child's play. This is as easy as being fit enough to go across the border. You know, that, that's it. You'll never get caught. And they know it, especially the ones others they the Chinese will use WeChat and other apps uh, many of the others use uh, whatsapp uh, it doesn't matter what at the bottom line is they share information and they know how to get in, and the Red Cross and others are handing out maps, not that the spies are going to be using those maps uh, because they they can get in through their own mechanisms. so this is what we're faced with. Our government is doing this. Our government is helping to build camps all over the United States. Why are they doing this? Why are they building these huge camps, for instance, by Northeast El Paso, the one I was just at recently? That thing is massive. Where, you know, I was just up in Houston, what, last week? Uh, those, the, uh, we, we were down low. I was with Todd Bensman, the author. We went inside this colonia called Colony Ridge. Well, that's one of the names. It's near Plum Grove. It's north, north of Houston. It's massive. Um, there's articles, uh, actually it's in Todd's book, the last chapter of his latest book called Overrun. The book's called Overrun by Todd Bensman. I was out with Todd. Todd's a retired member of Department of, uh, of uh, Department of Public Safety. He was an intelligence guy at, for the state of Texas. Now he's retired and he, write books, he writes books. We've been all over the border together. We've been to Mexico together. So I was down there with Todd at this colonia, right? And it's massive. We were on the ground. Drone footage, it was too low. I said, let's go to the airport. Let's get an airplane. So we went over to the airport, and we got an airplane, and we came back to get higher. Unfortunately, the cloud ceiling was so low. It's 1,800 feet. We couldn't get up higher, so we're going to go back with a helicopter, but I didn't have time to get the helicopter this time. But, but we, we, we got up to 1,800 feet. We still weren't high enough to see the whole thing, right? Because the owner just is said to have bought just another 35,000 acres. A congressman actually told me that, right? So... 20,000 atop 35,000, that's 55,000 acres. How many square miles is that? You know, that's, that's pretty massive, right? It, at 1,800 feet, I couldn't see the whole thing, right? And so uh, what we're getting to is, is, uh, this is these aren't FEMA camps. This is not a camp. We're talking about they're building permanent facilities, right? Uh, there are some camps like Northeast uh, El Paso, uh, could be in the future but these are high quality places look at that look at the footage that i put up from uh, san vicente camp and Darien gap you look at it from uh, i've got side by side my twitter in april of 2022 
semi, you know, semi-permanent type thing. Now it's getting that permanent look to it, right? It's you know, and it's and it's more than twice as big. I mean, the, this is this is a this is an invasion, a straight-up invasion of millions of people, millions. And this is a replacement invasion. This is war. This is actual war, right? This is this will go kinetic. Uh, this is this is not about. Uh, people running from hunger and any of that nonsense. Not what this is about. Europe is gone with the wind. Uh, I just got uh, messages today from Netherlands about how Germany is starting to fly people back to Philippines. Nonsense. Okay, the German government may have leased some 747s and whatnot, but I, I'm telling you how this goes because this is what I do seven days a week. They will get some eye candy footage. Here we are sending people to Philippines. Why are you sending them to the Philippines, right? Because they're doing the same to the Philippines. I'm getting messages from the Philippines, from various people there, including Filipinos, that the that Philippines is like, hey, where are all these people coming from? Well, now people in Europe are like, oh, good, we're getting to send them to the Philippines. But that's not what's happening. Like, for instance, down in Texas, when Governor Abbott loads up buses and sends people to Chicago or sends them to Washington, D.C. and Texas and say, oh, good, we're giving you a taste of your own medicine. Nonsense. Texas Governor Governor Greg Abbott is a member of the World Economic Forum. It's not hidden. It's not conspiracy theory. He's on their website. You can confront him about it. He is a member of the World Economic Forum program, or World Economic Forum. They are behind the invasion, right? The World Economic Forum and, and the Chinese Communist Party are behind this, right? Now you've got you know Germany saying they're going to send these people out, out of Germany. That's not what's going to happen. They will send some out, just like Governor Abbott sent some buses out, and people go. All the naive people of the world say, "Look, he's doing something." Yeah, he's clearing the decks. He's he's taking poison from one part of our system and putting it in our heart, right? And he's clearing the decks for more to come in. Millions are coming. Ten thousand per day minimum are coming in right now to the United. It's similar in Europe. So when Germany, you'll see this get announced soon, or maybe it was just announced that they're going to be sending all these people to places like Philippines. It's nonsense. The flows are not stopping from places like Morocco. It's not stopping from Africa at all. It's not going to stop from the Middle East. It's not going to stop from anywhere. It's going to continue, and they're going to take Philippines as well, right? Tip. And Philippines is also strategic land. China wants Philippines, and they're making a strong go for it. Mr. Ahead, to, to, to interrupt, no, I apologize. To interrupt, uh, one one thing I want to specifically ask about with Claire, because it's what we talked about in the last episode, is um, Claire, could you could you mention or you know at least catch up the the viewers to the 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 special forces aspect to it that it's not simply military age men cannon fodder, but that there actually was indications that there were special forces, which you know yeah. I never served, I have little or no understanding. I do a podcast right. from my so bedroom. <laughs> So um, what Michael is describing is a multifaceted, multi-pronged assault by the Chinese Communist Party against the United States of America. It is coming in, as he's describing, from many different directions. You know, um, in addition to what we've been talking about here today, there are, you know, the balloons collecting intelligence over the entirety of our, of our continental United States, and the Biden administration does nothing. Um, we're talking about the discovery uh, over the past few months, or I don't know, discovery, but at least publication, publicly, information about these Chinese police stations uh, located in American cities, as well as other cities around the world, including Canada and Western Europe in particular. 
We know now at the very least that there are a couple of these Chinese police stations in New York City, and they are in other places around the United States too, uh, like Los Angeles and other places too. The most recent revelation coming out, uh, again, Daily Caller does terrific reporting on this, uh, and that is uh, what they're calling um, overseas um, Chinese service centers, all right? And uh, these are uh, under the authority of the Chinese Communist Party's United Work Front uh, uh, Department, United Front Work Department, uh, which itself is under the authority of the Central Committee of the Chinese Communist Party. And um, these are not police stations. These are separate from the police stations. Um, but on another program, when we have more time, we can talk some more about them. But they're scattered all over the United States with even more of those places under cover of NGOs, non-governmental association, non-governmental organizations in the United States. Um, and they are in, in, in many places. Um, and, and again, Daily Caller does a great job of this. But to your question, Tommy, so um, relying on reporting actually from Michael um, <laughs> a bit ago, a week and, and, and 10 days or something ago, um, when he was talking and, and posting and, and videotaping about uh, these um, many Chinese young fit military age men um, who had come through the Darien Gap and now emerged on the other side in Panama, where Michael was at the time in a village on the Panama side of the Darien Gap. And they come through and they're, whew, we made it, everything's good. And um, and uh, what he and, and the villagers in the place where he was were observing um, is that some of these guys were killing chickens and taking shots, drinking their blood. And so um, without knowing exactly what this was, uh, Michael and I both uh, know Dr. Li Meng Yan, as you know, Tommy, the uh, uh, Chinese virologist who uh, uh, escaped out of Hong Kong University at the WHO lab there that she was working at back in 2020. We've become good friends over these last uh, almost now three years. Um, so we consulted with her. What, what is this? And she explained. And uh, I wrote about this in an article published mm -hmm. um, at my Newsmax blog site about a week, yeah, about a week ago. It's called Chinese Migrants Crossing Southern Border Should Alarm Us at my Newsmax blog site. And in that, um, I, I quote Li Meng. And what she says was that um, in 2013, Xi Jinping, uh, the CCP ruler, um, created, established a, a new special forces uh, unit. It was called the 75th Special Operations Brigade within, that is, of the People's Liberation Army, uh, subordinate to the Joint Chief, or uh, the Joint Staff Department um, of the PLA Central Military uh, Commission. It's based, home-based in Yunnan province of China. She says their nickname they're, they go by the name of Jungle Tigers. Of course, the Special Forces, they train in all kinds of mm -hmm. different environments, but certainly including among that jungle. And so they're called the Jungle Tigers. And she said um, that their signature training ritual is the drinking of chicken blood. And so that's what led us to, to uh, identify or at least think that these guys could be identifiable with this Special Operations Brigade. And, you know, as Michael was saying, as he's sitting in this cafe of an evening, watching all the, the coach buses load up and head north. 
at north, that is, through Central America, all the way to Mexico and hence to the U.S. southern border. So what we don't know is how many of these have gotten through. Uh, what we don't know is what they're doing inside the United States. We can assume they've gotten through at the gaps, the places in between the um, official points of entry, because they're not going to be the ones going through and turning themselves into CBP. Uh, they're going through the gaps. And uh, are they linking up with each other? Are they forming cell units within the United States? Are they doing pre-attack casing and surveillance? What about the new Chinese um, military presence, not just intelligence listening post in Cuba, what about the new, at least newly revealed, uh, Chinese military presence um, being established in Cuba, 90 miles off the coast of Key West, Florida? Hmm. Um, it's not just a listening post, an intelligence post. Aren't those units um, of Chinese special forces inside the United States going to need, um, you know, some kind of command direction and uh, and control? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about that, you know, group establishing in Cuba? Wouldn't that be the ideal place um, to, to establish that kind of control? So I know that we don't have a whole bunch more time, but point being that we're under multi-pronged attack um, from the Chinese Communist Party. They've openly said so. Um, we haven't even talked about the, the SARS-CoV-2 virus and, uh, you know, anything else. Uh, but the point here that Michael made, too, is that our current administration, the Biden administration, uh, and, and I mean, you know, look look at our Secretary of State and poor little Antony Blinken, Blinken I know. Uh, over there uh, with uh, Xi Jinping uh, is is under um, at least the domination, the control yeah. uh, of China. Uh, they're beholden to them. They are kowtowing to them in every, um, you know, national security um, decision and policy that you can possibly think of. But certainly, you know, this wave of, um, you know, immigration, illegal uh, immigration into the United States. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think General Spaulding tweeted the other day that uh, that this current administration is chasing after the CCP like a love-struck teenager. They are just they're just being they're just being tugged along. Um, And I know I know Mr. Yon has to go. You said by 245. So we got five more minutes. Claire, you and I can talk to the top of the hour if you'd like. Um, But one thing I want to kind of touch on while I still have you, uh, Mr. Yon, is a lot of people. I was just looking at, you know, the videos you sent me, your Twitter. You kind of see in the comments, there's this general despair. On one hand, you have the people saying this is all xenophobia. On the other hand, you have people saying my country's gone. There's nothing to do. And then you have everything that runs in the middle. What is what is I can I I have a podcast. That's what I can do. What is something constructive people can do? Because if they still have something to do, people don't slip into despair. They don't take the black pill. What, if anything, aside from sharing or educating others, can the average person? person do about all of this because it's a it's a daunting reality and we're left kind of feeling naked no one knows what to do what can the average person do yeah well i don't see any easy way out of this without actual war uh, i mean we are actually in a war right now uh, it's going to get very kinetic it's very clear that millions of people are going to die uh i don't know how they're going to die uh some will definitely be violence yeah. Uh, and, and certainly there's going to be food problems. I've been talking about this for a long time now. Conditions are being set for, for very serious famines. And a lot of people think that no famine could happen in the United States. They don't know what they're talking about. Famine can happen in the United States. And at this rate, there's a high chance that it will. Uh, but 
we'll see. I mean, only time will tell. But it's very clear that, that this is all about conditions, right? Again, amateurs often talk about sparks. What will be the spark? Sparks are irrelevant, right? It's about conditions. If uh, you know, if a, if a firework factory blows up in a rainforest, it doesn't matter. Like Darien Gap in the jungle, you can have you know two tons of fireworks blow up. It's just going to smoke and burn for a day, and it's going to go out, right? But one tiny little spark in a dry forest where you know yeah. uh, authorities have not uh, cleaned out the fuel load for years and not let any fires burn, you're going to get a massive fire that burns down towns and cities, right? It's about conditions. There's always sparks, and right now we have the globalist. For instance, World Economic Forum mm -hmm. has been working overtime to create food issues, right? Mm -hmm. They're setting conditions for global famines. Famines will create pandemic. They always do. Pandemic, famine, war, they go together. Four horsemen, right? Mm -hmm. Our ancestors knew it well enough to put it in a book 2,000 years ago, mm -hmm. right? Pandemic, famine, and war, they go together. Uh, and there's certain reasons why, why they do go together. But aside from those reasons... Uh, they all create what's called HOP, human osmotic pressure. The human osmotic pressure is the push and the pull of migration. There's many sorts of HOP. Sometimes people just move from one side of town to the other because they just like that neighborhood or it's closer to work or they like the neighborhood better or whatever. Uh, so that's that sort of HOP. You've got positive and negative, right? There's, you know, maybe you've just got a better job over there or a free house or something, right? Uh, but then there's the positive pressure hops that are caused by like wars, people escaping wars, right? Or people escaping pandemic or people escaping food issues. It's very clear that food issues are building around the world. And the Darien Gap, where I spend so much time, there's a reason why I spend so much time there. That route is being the, it's being paved, as, as it were, to, to get millions of people through. And, and, and it's easily done, right? And so now we see the increasing facilitation by the United States government to invade the United States. This government does not represent American people. I call it OGUS, the occupying government of the United States. It's quite literally is that. It's mm -hmm. highly racist, as you know, uh, towards white people. They're openly, openly racist towards uh, Caucasians and Asians. Um, they're openly racist towards uh, the, this. This is manufactured racism, by the way, in service of information war to split, to to uh, divide and conquer, and, uh, and and all these sorts of things, the additive pressures and the cumulative uh, pressures from food issues, uh, economic other economic issues, uh, facilitating facilitating invasion in Europe and the United States and Japan. Philippines and many other places will cause many governments to crumble. In the 1840s, they called them the hungry 40s. Uh, there were about 50, about five zero revolutions, right? Famines always cause revolutions. If you have a famine, you're going to have a revolution. I mean, a real famine, you know, yeah. and uh, not just a very low. Some, some famines are quite localized and then others, you know, like a general level famine. But we're, we're clearly going to, going to go into that. Anyway, bottom line is, sir. I have to go. I, yeah. I'm easier to reach next time because you know my number. Uh, I'm I'm sorry that it took so long for us to link up, but no, I, I do. I'm always in the jungles and the deserts and that sort yeah. of thing. No, don't apologize. But, uh, I'm man. easy. That, that's my Thank response. you for letting me run. By the way, you yeah. gave me a lot of space. Yeah, no, no. Hey, man. Hey, man. It's 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 not. First of all, it's not your responsibility. It's my podcast. No one owes me anything. And second of all, yeah, no, dude. It's it's I I often do that the first time someone's on. I just kind of give them the lay of the land. I'm like, go free. Go run around like a dog, and uh, but dude, I would love to do it again, 
And um, run, I, Joe, run. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate you coming on, man. Guys, please go into the description. Please go to his website. Please go to his Twitter. Um, those are all in the description. And uh, yeah, dude, we have each other's numbers now. Please, anytime you want, please come. If you just want to hop on for five minutes and give an update, I'm, I do multiple episodes a day. I'm a I'm a workaholic. Um, but uh, Claire, if if you and I could keep, I've got like ten more minutes to my next okay. show. If you want to keep talking, yeah, sure. um, okay. But yeah, Mr. Yawn, thank you so much. And um, yeah, terrifying. Thank you. Terrifying. But no, I do uh, need to punch off now. Yeah, man. Godspeed. Thank you so much. <laughs> See y'all. Bye-bye. I'll be back in America in a few weeks or a month. Beautiful. Bye-bye. God bless. Godspeed. Um, yeah. No, it's uh, talking to you, Clay. That was terrifying. That was absolutely terrifying. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, but you know, uh, you know what 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 makes it um, you know credible uh, is is he's there. The, he's there. He's there. In yeah, these places. In, yeah, this is speculation. And he's been in so many places around the world. I mean, this is his wheelhouse. He knows, you know, how these things unfold in different places. So yeah, yeah, it's it's um it's very seriously concerning, and. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it would be a very good idea to get him back on again. Yeah. You know, even for a shorter clip if he has that time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you know how often I do these shows. Even if you just wanted to come on and give an update, I think it'd be in, invaluable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he does. He does remind me of Dale, the Delta Force guy I have on all the time. I'm always like, Dale, what what what's some silver lining? And he's like, stack ammo, boil water. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but that's the I, I suppose that's the the military. Um, and and rightfully so uh experience um but so back to kind of like the the big meta theme picture is i mean it's it's a hard pill to swallow but i think it's something you and i have been talking about for well over a year probably two years now is man this it, it doesn't seem to be an outside foe i mean sure technically it is but this seems well, to be the, the complicit US government yeah that has gotten inside the tent yeah with the acquiescence and the collaboration of our own leadership uh, in particular the biden administration and the people in it yeah not that it didn't just start before then it did um but once the biden administration took office uh everything was open the the the, the borders were open um, you know, all of these, these police stations and, uh, what do they call them again? Uh, these, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the U S based, uh, the NGO places, the service centers, the mm. Chinese service centers inside of NGO places, all of that just bourgeoned. It's, it, 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 it just expanded because it was allowed to, yeah. and it was allowed to deliberately. Uh, by this administration and the people in it. Um, in particular, you know, the White House, the National Security Council, um, bear, bear responsibility. And in particular, of course, uh, the Department of Homeland Security and Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. And um, they're being allowed to collaborate and um, permit the United States to be invaded and overrun. That's treason. Yeah. No, it, it's nothing short of it. It's not pearl-clutching to say that's that's it's treasonous. And I was thinking last night, like, h- how has it gotten to this point? And, well, I think it's been coming for a long time. But like anything, 
we're never we never really we as humans never really act on something until it's at our front door well and it may not have been quite so obvious as hordes of illegals now uh, pouring across the border and you know certainly in in border towns of texas and uh, arizona and so forth it wasn't maybe quite as visible you know these um these police these chinese police stations these uh, Chinese operational intelligence uh, service stations. People didn't know about them. But, I, I, you know, what, what I would come back to again, your, your question is always, you know, what can people do mm. at the local level? And, and that's where I would go, the local level, um, that people absolutely must become informed, yes, first of all, but engaged in the civic process, locally speaking, um, and make their, no, their views known. Uh, to representatives, to those who would be running to be their representatives, um, and then right up, you know, on up the chain, you know, through a very local level uh, officials to state legislators and on up to the U.S. Congress, which, you know, um, in, in the U.S. House of Representatives, at least, uh, there is at least some ongoing, um, you know, hearing process uh, underway, and uh, may we hope it continues. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 one of the things where ideally this wouldn't be happening, and then we come back to well, it is. So suck it up. Like, what do we do now? It's gotta. There's gotta be a silver lining in that. I think everyone's really seeing beyond a reasonable doubt that it's real. It's yeah. not some fringe article on a questionable website. Yeah. I think it's becoming. You know, as Mister Yonder said. This is an openly admit an openly racist and uh, a, a full of American hatred administration. It is so clear that they despise everything that this country is. That they are an well, occupying and, and, force. And, and what what we need to understand is that ultimately, eventually, this is the culmination of more than a one hundred or around a hundred year um, communist revolution. Uh, aimed at the United States of America, aimed at destroying the United States of America. And what they did over those hundred years, the communists, the Marxists, eventually the Maoists, um, is, is take aim at the institutions of our society, call them pillars of society, meaning academia, um, our faith-based institutions, our government at every level, um, certainly our, our media, and, and in particular social media, entertainment, sports, obviously Wall Street, and most recently, uh, public health. And they infiltrated those institutions slowly, gradually at first, under uh, you know cover that we didn't notice maybe for a long, long time, and then gradually faster and faster and you know more and more. Uh, and, and, and to the point that uh, you now uh, they have succeeded with something else they call elite capture. Mm. That is compromising, co-opting, uh, the leadership of those institutions I just named off. Um, and that's where decision-making happens. And that's why elite capture has been so effective at, you know, uh, churning, swaying, um, uh, dominating th those various institutions. And so the only way to get those back again is grassroots up, I think. Yes, I, I don't mean to dismiss everybody at the you know, the top levels of Congress or Capitol Hill. I, sure. There are some good people there. 
but this has to be a grassroots up, just like the parents' revolt, you know, at the local level of the school boards, has been quite effective. And that has led on up, as we can see, to um, uh, legislation that has passed now in any number of states, for example, um, uh, finish, uh, finishing off uh, forbidding uh, the teaching of critical race theory in uh, the public schools of those various states, just, you know, for an example. But, but that's how it has to happen. And, um, and so I guess I'd encourage listeners with, you know, what I always say, um, you can do this, we can do this, American citizen patriots, together we can do this, but it does need to begin at the local level. Yeah, it's that uh, you go get the gym membership, you buy the whey protein, you get the new workout shoes, the workout, and you get everything, get ready to get your music playlist, and it's ready to go, and it's well, at a certain point you, you got to go to the gym? What? Is that how you go to the gym? Well, no, but whenever I have fallen into a spot where <laughs> I, just I go to the gym, eh, well, whenever I've fallen into a spot where I'm not working out for a while, I'll do all the peripherals. I'll be like, we're getting back into oh. it. And then it's eventually it dawns on you. Hey, man, you can have the newest shoes, the newest headphones. You got to just go to the gym and start. pushing. Yeah. Well, I want to No, you, you can do everything around it. No, you got to just, just do it. You just got to yeah. go. St- I mean, it happened today. I was like, got everything. I went down to the gym, got my water bottle, and I was like, I just had this moment where I was like, I just have to start doing push-ups, and it's going to hurt, and I'm going to hate it. But I was like, there's no way around it. And I did it, and it sucked, but you feel better after. So that's, I think, what this is, is, yeah, man, no one's coming to save us. Sucks. No. We are the cavalry. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm sorry. We are the cavalry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, we are. And, um, you know. It is what it is, and it's it's time to rise to the occasion, and uh, you know, it just is what it is. It's not it's not sexy, it's not great, but it's where we are. And, we can um, do this. Yeah, and we can we do. We can this. change the direction. We can reclaim it's, this republic of it's, ours. It's not over. Like it's not no. like it's not like we're raging in warfare. It might happen, yeah. but right now it's still like you can still well, spread this. It's a different this. kind of warfare. And that's what's made it so difficult, I think, well, yeah. that, that we Americans and maybe more broadly the West are not conditioned, we're not trained, we're not used to viewing warfare as anything other than kinetic, yeah. uh, physical warfare. Um, but the kind of warfare that's being waged by the People's Republic of China, the Chinese Communist Party, the PLA, is what General Michael Flynn has just written a book about called 5G Warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, it is information operations. Um, it is subterfuge and, uh, you know, as we mentioned, um, elite capture. It's subversion from the inside. And yeah. we're not good at recognizing that or opposing that. But that's how we have to start thinking because that's where it's coming from. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not you can still the fact that people can effectively fight back by sharing an interview is that it's that's it's not hopeless. I mean. It's not. I mean, it's even now you see it's, you know, Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, you know, fighting oh, back yeah. on Twitter. It's not it's not over, yeah. man. I you know, I just had Dr. Malone on like it's not. It's this. This is my point. And Claire, you might like this. I had on Dr. Malone two days ago to talk about mm-hmm. the whole Peter Hotez thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So, somebody Sorry. clipped it and put it on Twitter. And that's gotten, I think, two point five million views. Amazing. right? Which is, by the way, awesome. This is episode 1,262. Cumulatively, over four years, I've gotten 5 million views. That got almost half of all the views, and Elon Musk commented on it. So my point is this. 
if I can do something from a bedroom, you too can do something. And I don't mean that as like a, as like a you got to do something too. I mean like, no, look, it, it, things can still be done. People are hungry for information. You, you can do your part. It's not over. And that's um, that's my go get them pitch. But uh, Ms. Exactly. Lopez, got to wrap this one up. And I think I okay. will see you Thursday with uh, yes on my calendar. Thank yes, you with with Mr. Ron Moeller. A little little right. preview. Um, but Claire, thank you so much, guys. Please go into the description. Please go check out all of Claire's writings, her blogs. Go follow her on Twitter. Don't make me look dumb. Go give her a share or a follow. And uh, till Thursday, Claire. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank guys. you, Tommy. Yes, ma'am. Guys, thank Do you that. for Recording watching. Stopped. Take care, everybody. Peace.